0: Welcome to El Kumar Takes. This is our 198th take. Live from the Alec Bradley Lone Star Studio of Azel, Texas. I'm your host, Barry DePlisse, as always. And I'm so proud, so pleased, and so privileged to be with you all tonight. This is going to be a fantastic show. It'll be a little bit of deja vu, but a whole different take, as I usually do. Without further ado, before we get to, uh, of course, introducing our guest of honor tonight, which will be a fantastic, fantastic show. It's always great to have him on. And it uh Before we get to that, we'll obviously have to thank the people that make this show possible. And that, of course, is our sponsors. Tonight's show is sponsored by Drew Estate. Yes, the Bitcoin is coming, everybody. February 17th. Mark your calendars. You had three unbelievable chances to get into the Bitcoin sweepstakes. Yeah, Drew Estate's are making someone a whole lot richer. They're giving away an entire Bitcoin to one lucky participant on the Freestyle Live on February 17th. That's just in little less than a month and just a few days before the event that we're going to be talking about tonight on tonight's show. So you definitely want to check out the Freestyle Live on February 17th uh, to see who, and it could be you, wins an entire Bitcoin from Drew Estate. And congratulations to the folks at Drew Estate Cigars for being awarded the 2021 consensus champion with the underground 10 what a magnificent feat for them and our good friends at drew estate so without further ado we welcome you back to our 198th take and here's our guest sponsored by united cigars smoke one today start living united mr abe Debabna, abe how are we doing tonight
1: good evening bear how's everything going buddy
0: oh uh, everything is absolutely fantastic i am exhausted um i chased my kids around for the entire day uh we went to one of those trampoline places uh and then a friend of ours invited us to dinner where they had an outside play place for them to run around some more so i chased them around there with a burger in my mouth and so i'm exhausted uh which is why i have coffee at like you know 930 at night my time so but i'm uh, i'm excited uh to have you on how about how about yourself how was your how was your weekend i was asking you a little bit about kma just before we went live here
1: uh we uh we had a great day with, i guess great with caribia and uh kevin shahan talked about their new cigar they're doing the silent green um and as always we have fun on kma you know that's why we keep doing it. it's really a, a fun way to start our saturdays um and then just kind of had a little function I had to go to in the afternoon for a few hours, and just kind of been resting up. That's it. Had a bad toothache, trying to nestle it, I'm drowning it with a little Macallan.
0: Yeah, I was so. gonna say I saw, I saw you nursing that a little bit. Uh, uh, it does, it does, it does the trick. I mean, it's not obviously not a permanent solution, but it does, it does the trick. It kind of eases. The, I mean, it literally does kind of ease the pain a little bit. So little sorry bit. you're dealing just, with that. Just enough. Yeah, I, I I really like, um, I really love, you know, KMA, um. I I don't think we have ever had this conversation. I really I really like I really like what kind of it kind of it kinda of, even though it's on Saturday, it kind of starts the week for me. I don't know. I feel like the the week starts on Saturday because um and then just kind of there's stuff that happens throughout the week, you know, the the rest of the stuff our day to day or my nine to five and the shows that I do and stuff like that. So I feel like Saturdays kind of are the kickoff to the week for me. And I've always really I've always really enjoyed it. Thank you so um so what a couple other things i wanted to kind of just kick the things off so you mentioned so what mccallan are you drinking uh 12 15 what are we doing 15 nice classic yeah. so are you so are you more of a scotch guy because the last few times that i've had you on or that i've that i've seen you you've been drinking scotch
1: um becoming more and more actually my wife kind of really broke the ice in that department, got really into it. And then just started getting into Browns a lot more lately.
0: What I mean, what was your like, I mean, kind of before you got in, even into cigars and stuff like that, I, I mean, what was your what was your go to? Were you more of like, you said Brown. My, so were you more like vodka my, or gin or
1: my hunger days was mostly tequila. Tequila, you know, tequila and vodka. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we really got kind of really uh, into wine, my wife and I. Um, well, my wife was into wine when I met her, so she got me more into wine, and um, just kind of got into Browns in maybe the last year and a half.
0: I love tequila. Uh, tequila is my tequila is one of my it's probably my my go to spirit um, has been for years at this point, and uh, I uh, I've. Really enjoy that, especially on th- Thanksgiving. is always, my tradition is buying a new bottle of tequila that I've never had, and then smoking a year old uh, anejo um, from Arturo Fuente. Oh,
1: wow. See,
0: they come right around about that same. They came. They come out to market around that time, so I'll always buy two. You know, uh, back when uh, when I was on a budget, uh, much well, I'm still am, but <laughs> I would I would buy two. I would buy one to smoke then, and then I would buy another one to to smoke a year later. And that was my Thanksgiving. That's my Thanksgiving tradition every year. Just to smoke, smoke a year old Anejo and uh, and then a new, you know, a glass of a new tequila that I've never tried.
1: That, my friend, sounds like a good tradition. Yeah.
0: Well, it's a lot of fun. So um, speaking of traditions, we have a tradition on this show and we, we carry it over to Cigar Coop Primetime Special Edition. I really enjoyed this. I really enjoyed this, uh, tradition especially when I have uh, guests who aren't necessarily specific or loyal to a particular brand. Uh, but I am uh, a loyal customer of, of smoke in so you'll recognize that and these are all three cigars you can get at smoke in uh, one of their many locations you could walk in and get them or you could actually uh, order online of course at smokein.com. so uh, it, it would it would honor me if you would actually select my uh, cigar for tonight um I've picked these all up at smoke in as I mentioned before uh, so I've got uh, one of the newest, the new new of the old new uh i've got a uh, a ti- uh timeless uh prestige hermoso from uh fairy otego um i've got the rocky patel grand reserve uh recently anointed on the cigar aficionado top 25 and a classic that i just i love going to in all the tolas but i have the robusta variant here uh, which is the diamond crown julius caesar robusto you oh.
1: got mm-hmm. Some three solid picks there but um being that it's basically we were coming upon tgs month and uh <clears throat> michael is a big part has become a big part especially with the virtual and digital side of the great smoke let's go with the timeless in honor of michael herkhoff
0: fantastic i i i i i did that on purpose i chose that one on purpose i figured that would be a a, a, a possible favorite for you tonight so thank you so much uh, i am well, this,
1: honored to have meaning for tonight right so it works
0: exactly. So, I mean that, that, uh, before we do get into our major point tonight, I, I do have a question. So it, it, it it's funny because we've already had a couple of people in the chat kind of joke around about this. Even Mickey Pegg, all saying cigars, uh, asking if you ever sleep. And, uh, and, uh, we, we found out on last, uh, last week, uh, last time we, um, uh, I guess two weeks ago now, cigar crew primetime special edition that you didn't sleep that night. You actually, you actually pulled an all nighter. Um, but I, I was curious about this. We kind of talked a little bit about like beverages and stuff like that, but like, what do you do for, what do you do for fun? Like what's like, do you have I, any hobbies outside of work? I know you're a big family, man. And which I am too. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I love seeing uh, is just how, how, how you are with your kids. But Pretty much
1: just... age in my life. Um, if I'm doing something for fun, it's just typically with the kids. I mean, anything with the kids is fun, whether we're painting pottery or going to catch a movie or even just going to a park or bike riding even. So, um, you know, I don't, I mean, kind of really, I mean, outside of spending time with friends and my family for fun, I think the only kind of regular hobby that I might do, on, uh, and I don't even do it on a regular basis, just because I don't have time. Is um, I'll go to the range more often than anything. Okay. So, um, we'll Fire, firearms,
0: to- right? Not golf range. Yeah. Or, no, no, or- no firearms. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I, that would have been funny. Like, no, bear, I like to hit my pings. Like, what's wrong with that? No. Um-
1: <laughs> I enjoy going to the range and laying off some rounds. I, I, I uh, it's a very um, relaxing, I guess. Oddly enough, funny word to use when going to the range, but I, mm-hmm. I, get, I get very relaxed after I'm done with a, with some time on the range.
0: You know, I I, I you know I'm from Texas, so I mean, shocker! I have a lot of friends that you know do that too, that blow off some steam. And I've had so many people say that to you, like like oh, Bear, it's so relaxing it is. And and don't get me wrong, I've been to a range with some friends, and I've I've enjoyed the experience. Um, you know, I enjoy the experience a lot, but I find that like I'm just so focused. You know. I'm just so laser, laser focused on everything that it, it's, it's not a relax. it's fun. It's just not a relaxing experience to me. Uh, but yeah. like, uh, what, so like, what do you, do you, do you shoot the same thing? Do you shoot pistols? Do you shoot. Uh, I um, got some rifle I got a,
1: no, I got some pistols. I got an M4. I got an AK and uh, you just mix it up. And then sometimes you go with buddies who got other guns. So you try their stuff out and see how it goes.
0: What's the most fun firearm you've ever shot?
1: Um, I'm in love. I bought a new, uh, Beretta, military grade Beretta about, um, about a year, year and a half ago. And I'm loving that handgun. It's a big handgun, but I'm loving it and it shoots great. And I find myself most accurate with it. Um, that's like my new favorite piece. I mean, it's fun to shoot an M4, you know, or an AK, but I just really enjoy the feel and using that piece when we go to the range. That's like my favorite piece to use
0: you know they say my my one of my best friends in the world he he manages a gun uh, a gun range um and uh, he said that the, the best the best gun in the world is the one that fits right in your hand so if you feel if yeah, fits I right
1: it. so it's, it's really good in my hand and it, you know it's, it's a it's a double magazine in it so it holds i don't know i think it's like 19 or 20 some rounds so you know you, you can get you can get a nice session in without having to reload that often and um you know it's nothing that you uh, it's nothing i could carry around with me every day because it's just big but um right. I, I i enjoy that one the most you know i, I really do
0: we're totally doing, going down this rabbit hole now but you, you mentioned the word carry i again, i'm from texas so carrying is a, like second nature here in the state do they have car- like open carry or uh, concealed carry laws in florida yeah, or we,
1: have, we have a concealed weapon license I, I have one and brandy has one so yeah it's it's pretty mm-hmm. common down here in florida
0: I, I, again, lived here all my life and it's always just kind of been a part of it. It just existed. And I've never like I've just never thought about other states about whether or not I hear I hear Michigan's uh, pretty, uh, pretty, pretty pro-gun too. Uh fun fact. The states of Michigan and Texas are the only uh, states in the uh, entire United States that a, a person who's legally blind can be given a hunting license. Oh, wow. <laughs> Fun, fun, funny, fun facts, fun stories. I'm sure. Learn
1: something new every day. That's a good one.
0: Here's the best part, though. In Texas, you have in order to be given a, a license, if you're legally blind, you have to have, and you have to have, be accompanied by a, a sighted partner. Really? Yes, that's in Texas. In Michigan, that's not a requirement. Okay. Yeah. Interesting so, for me. The- yeah, I was going to say, so in Michigan hunting season, uh, you just may want to, you know, be blasting music when you're walking through some popular hunting grounds or something. i you know, just, you know, food for thought. Um, <laughs> but as we, uh, come out of that rabbit hole, we just jumped out this, that's fun. If I really, you know, like I said, I've, I know how busy you are and I know how big of a family guy, are. I was just thinking, I was like, man, I've, I have no idea what, what, you know, what you would do for fun. So, um, it's always, it's always kind of nice to just learn some new facts about people and stuff but um yeah, I
1: mean, pretty much you know it's pretty much it's become very kid-oriented uh in the last decade plus i mean um, oh, i get that and we just enjoy our time with them so it's not like it's a it's a burden or it's a it's not like a, a task oh i gotta go spend time with the kids we look try to figure out stuff to do with them you know because it's just fun spending time with them i really enjoy it
0: i, I do too i think it's i mean it's I mean, I mean they wear me out but it's just it it's it's just so much fun and, I, and you can i mean you can tell i mean from just from the photos and stuff i love the i love the selfie shot of you and your kids in the car where they're all doing their version of a face with uh, of your face your look they're
1: that are me, me mugging
0: yeah they're their trademark they're your trademark look man it's it was, it was it was classic i loved it um but uh let's gonna let's kind of dive in here into tonight's major uh major point are you are you smoking tonight Abe? or are you just drinking
1: uh, it, it's Sunday uh, at 1030 at night. I'm home. So I'm in the dining room. So there'll be no, there'll no, be no inviting of cigars uh, during this show for me. Uh,
0: well, tonight's major point is uh, always sponsored by uh, Protocol Cigars. Power of the P. Tonight's major point is brought to you by the people. Yes, cigar people. The people who know everything about a lifetime of service. Protocol Cigars is more than just pool parties and good times. Well, maybe it is. But behind the fun is a motivation for service motivation for giving back from the original protocol blue to the latest release in the lawman series, Bass Reeves protocol has always been about honor, passion, and yes, the people it's what their life's work has been and always will be about power the P protocol cigars. So, Abe, we all know why we're here. Uh, We're less than a month away. It's crazy. Um, I I, I mean, I, I don't know if you've got butterflies or if you're, you know, you're going nuts or if you're in the home stretch and you're kind of hitting that calm before the storm, I don't know what the, what the zone is for you, but you got the background, the last Luau, the great smoke, 2022 it's on horizon, man. I, I What, what is this the last month look like for you? Is it, is it, is it just, is it like laser focus? Is it nerves? Is it butterflies? What does this last month look like for you? Uh,
1: no, I don't get butterflies. I don't get nerves of anything. I probably get some Ajita. Um, but uh, this is one of our most challenging years, without a doubt. Um, and not in terms of amount of work, because like last year was extremely challenging because it was a lot of work getting ready with. it's It's been challenging as far as problematic issues constantly arising and putting it together. In fact, we we announced on KMA um, Saturday morning after a three and a half hour meeting on Friday our original plan of having this separate studio for Michael Herklotz to work out of um, doesn't look like it's going to come to fruition. So um, we're still going to have a virtual thing. It's just the interviews that we were going to have like this little separate room will happen on the main stage. So everybody at the event and at home can watch that interview at the same time. And um, anybody who bought a uh, in studio experience during the Great Smoke for those coming live. You'll get an email this week giving you all the updates, and we'll be refunding all those tickets to those people. So it's been a logistical nightmare. Um, you know, there, there's been, you know, we were supposed to have the cigars from all the manufacturers before the 21st, and that didn't quite happen. We had, we had a lot of manufacturers who had, had to have sent us partial shipments because we have to get the virtual packages out starting this week and um you know the rest of the 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 cigars will be given out the day of the event so uh but it is what it is I mean it's kind of the great smoke every year try not to cry about it try not to whine about it we just get through it and figure it out and and we'll keep making changes and adjustments as needed Mm -hmm. um and uh, hope that it all goes down the way we planned the day of the event so um yeah. These last three weeks are going to be the most, it's the home stretch. It's the most trying weeks. we got one virtual event, uh, mini virtual event coming up with the TGS release on February 9th. And that'll be the kind of last TGS function we'll have up until the 26th. When we have the event.
0: You know, one of one of the things that's always impressed me about you, Abe, is that, that you, you, you seem to roll with punches, like nobody's business. Like, I mean, it, it, it it's almost like, I mean, it doesn't matter the problem, big or small or whatever. It's just like it's like a speed bump in your way. You know, it might slow you down for, for a for a momentary second, but it's it's still always just just moving forward. Is, is that does that just kind of your mentality and everything?
1: Yeah, I think it's a state of mind. I try to tell it to a lot of the guys that work work with us here at Smoke Inn. You know, I mean, I I can barely count. I mean, I can barely think of times where we were put up against the wall. And we just had to say, screw it. We can't do it. You know, we, it's it, it, it just forget it. Because um, if you dig deep enough, there's always, there's typically always an answer out there somewhere, or a solution out there somewhere. And um, you know, my mentality is always just keep digging. And it's like I have to exhaust every option. As crazy as it sounds before I'll say it just can't be done. You know, some people get to that point a lot quicker than others. You know, right? Uh, I just, I that's like my really, really last resort of any situation where I just say it can't get do done.
0: Well, it must, it must come to that if you finally have. But even this, like you're, you're not giving up on the virtual experience just because you couldn't have it the, the
1: the exact way you wanted it. You're just, you're just shifting. So- no, we made a lot of changes um, and, and kind of really depending how this goes, we're really going to take a hard look at um, how it's going to work out next year. I kind of, you know, just from a logistical standpoint, kind of just shut off that I wanted to do this without really thinking out the math. You know, um, the cost of production to do it the way we kind of set a standard for is immense, which wasn't a problem when we didn't have the overhead of having a big facility for you know 2,000 people. Um, but now this year, logistically and, and financially, it's, it's really not making sense. Which is part of our three and a half hour meeting with with the production team. Um, but you know, it is what it is. This year, we're going to find a way to go through it, and and I, and I think we'll find a way to make it work next year too i mean it just seems to be so important to a lot of people to participate who can't make it down i i I really would hate to give up now that now that we're gonna have do it two years in a row um i'd hate to give up that aspect of it so it really has to be like impossible to continue to do it for us to stop you know we're just gonna have to find better ways to make it happen next year that's all
0: yeah, and just pivot to some different experience. I mean, that's been—I mean, that's been the TGS model from the very beginning. It's just every it's year it's something different. Model,
1: honestly, what's that? It's kind of been the, our smoke-in model. Honestly. I was just gonna
0: say, yeah, I was gonna say, stand corrected on that. It's like basically the 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 Abe de school of uh, school of thinking here. But um, but I mean, speaking of um, I guess repeat uh, things that you've done before. But this is this is only the second time it's happened. Uh, this year has a theme, right? So the last luau. Um, you know, it's the second time that you guys have done a theme and everything. What why why did you settle on the last luau and what what and what's the meaning by like why is this the la the last luau? Like what's what's going on there?
1: So we came upon a theme in 2020, an accident. You know, and you know one of the things that we constantly thrive in doing the Great Smoke is always trying to make it somewhat of a new experience because we really have people who not who now will have come now for 16 years straight. Um, and that's mo- that, that keeps going in people because it's never the same thing. Otherwise people just get tired of it. So the theming of, of the events really worked in 2020 and is epically working this year. And it just makes it easier to incorporate things that kind of make each event now stand on its own as something completely different. So when we were making the teaser video for the digital experience, last year and you know we like to come up you know we like to come up with a tagline so for the for the disco year was can you dig it and um i'm just an alliteration guy so we're trying to think of something Luau, i just had the last luau and after i think it was probably 1 a.m three of us were sitting there and uh we had come up with a bunch of ideas the last luau stuck it's basically because it's the last luau you'll ever have to go to it'll be that epic it's like the last we're gonna party like it's the last luau on earth and, and that's kind of the theme of what's going on.
0: OK, I think I finally, I think I had an epiphany.
1: Because
0: that totally makes sense to me. And our good our good mutual friend, Erica Tormson of Cigar Dojo, you know, they made those T-shirts from years ago that were like this. The, this is a tribute or in memory of my last cigar. T-shirts, and I never got it like I, I was like, I I don't get the shirt and he tried to explain it to me and he explained it to me in the terms that you just did but for some reason it didn't click and it just clicked what you just said so I think I just had a major epiphany on on, on, live on air here this was this is interesting
1: (laughs) we're not going to have another luau again right so I mean we already have the theme for 2023 now so this is the last luau you know I mean I know some people like oh this is the end of the great smoke we never said it's the last great smoke it's just the last luau so and it sounds good yeah, no, I like
0: it. That's awesome. Yeah, I, um, I, I'm, 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 I'm thrilled at the prospect of even just the hint, even though it was done. You confessed on the show uh, on Scarcue Primetime Special Edition there was a total Photoshop job, but just the anticipation that Michael Harglats may, just may, don a Hawaiian shirt is enough to get me excited.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, I don't know. I don't know who will. You know, I mean, probably
0: but- not. But I mean, it's just the the, the tease of it, you know.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, he was a good sport and did it for our, our slider photo on the Great Smoke, uh, on the greatsmoke.com website because we had this nice photo of Kim in, a, in like a tropical bikini. I'm like, yeah, to put a picture of Mike in a suit next to her. So I literally texted Michael, right. Mike, like, Mike what, what's the odds that you have a Hawaiian shirt? You own a Hawaiian shirt? And he's like, yeah, probably about the same odds as you'll get me to wear one. I'm like, come on. But we he didn't have one. We literally um, bought one. Had it shipped to his house, and he put it on and sent some pictures. So he's he's a good sport about stuff like that.
0: Nice, oh nice. Now Mike, Mike's a good sport about everything. I feel like um, he, um, I mean, he's you know he's a, he's a true professional, but he's also he, he's also not so uptight enough that he he doesn't self deprecate and and can have a good time and 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 yeah. laugh at himself and stuff. And that's what I really like about him personally. Um, so the. To go along with this theme this year, um, you know, obviously there's going to be some real nice, uh, you know, you know, f- theme appropriate events and stuff. We're gonna we're gonna have uh, there's going to be a drum show, right, and a couple of other items. Like, what can uh, what what other aspects are going to go along with this theme here?
1: A couple volcanoes. There's a drum show. There's uh, hula dancers. There's drum uh, fire dancers um fire dancers that's yeah that that's
0: gonna be fun that's gonna be a lot yeah
1: of fun. that was an interesting process with the fire marshal but i think we're through that now um and 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 uh, you know it's, it's gonna be decorated as such you know the, the one the one the one hard thing that we really couldn't see we really wasted a lot of time on this uh, it was not wasted but spent was it's very easy to do music when you're having a 70s disco very easy music for many themes. But when we opted what kind of music we were going to do for this event, there's nothing Hawaiian, I think, that would work for four hours. You know, listening to tiny bubbles, or, you know, I don't think we really had a hard time. So we're just going to go with, you know, in between the shows, just live, I mean, just DJ music, um, you know, with, with, with our very own um, smooth bounce. Kyle, um, who's become very popular within the socialite group and is part of our smoking family. So we're just gonna pipe regular music, to keep everybody happy and going. And then and then we'll have the interviews that Michael Herclocks will have with our five manufacturers who made uh, TGS releases here. That'll just happen live on stage. So whether you're home virtually watching it or you're at the TGS, you could actually watch it at the same time. Because before that was gonna happen in a studio. So if you were live, you weren't really going to watch that you could have caught it later you know on facebook or whatever but now it's just going to be on the main stage which means logistics had to completely be refigured which i haven't gotten to yet but we'll get it done
0: so uh the uh one of the things i was going to ask about the um some of these like these these events everything like that what what what's what's some of like what's the i mean you've i mean I've, I've heard you say this a thousand times, that like you guys will just be in a room and just pop off ideas. And some of them seem crazy at the time and everything. What's what's been one of the craziest ideas that anyone's ever thrown out? And it could have come to fruition or could have not come to fruition. But like, what's one of the just absolute batshit nuts, something that was either tossed out by yourself or one of your team when it came to the Great Smoke?
1: Uh, for me to have an entrance either via helicopter or skydiving. That's about mm. as really crazy. And, and that did not come to fruition, nor will it. One, I don't do helicopters. And two, um, I'm too heavy to go skydiving solo.
0: Well, I was going to say, if you don't do helicopters, you sure as hell aren't going to do skydiving. So, that's... I,
1: I don't, I don't know. I, Actually, I'm not afraid to go skydiving. I go skydiving in a heartbeat. I don't trust helicopters. Statistically speaking, I know more people who have died, personally, more people who have died in helicopter crashes than any other form of transportation so well that's terrifying that's all i need to know (laughs) it's funny because my operations guy who was his idea i had this argument with him saying i'm I'm telling you i could count on three fingers maybe two people who have died in car accidents that i've known my life can't count any in airplane or train or buses you know but like i knew like six people personally who died in helicopters oh my gosh well, it's so I had this argument. He had the same reaction, and sure enough, like eight months later, like two people he knew died. Not, he goes, "Dude, you're right." And like, and all of a sudden, now, and, and then after that, um, uh, well, then Kobe Bryant famously, you know, it really happened months after that too. And yeah. I, now, now he started paying attention. And helicopter crashes are common, man. That
0: I'm seriously going to second guess anytime I want to go into a helicopter now. I've been I've been in one twice now, I mean, so apparently I've military, apparently I've skirted death, and I haven't even known about this.
1: No, but it's like a, one of those military grade, or you know, um, what do you call the people that go out uh, uh, in the ocean when they when boats capsize? Uh, the oh, Coast Guard, yeah, yeah. I mean, those are different choppers, but like those little fishbowl choppers or like a toothpicks.
0: Yeah, with the, the bubble, the bubble in front or whatever. Yeah,
1: it looks like a fishbowl made out of toothpicks. I'm like, no, you, no, never get on one of those. <laughs> Crazy,
0: oh man, nuts. No, so, um, well, the, the, I guess the, the, the other thing I wanted to kind of touch on too about with some of these, these, uh, these highlights and stuff. I know that uh, one of your favorite all-time moments. And we mentioned this the, the, on the other, the other day on on the last show you were on, the the bull ride, um, the you know the bull, you know the the uh, mechanical bull that you guys had. Um, what like when I mean, what, I mean, obviously, it doesn't really fit with this year's theme and everything like that, but, I mean, I mean, will you ever bring that back? Because I, I, I love a good mechanical bull. I, I, I know that sounds really weird, but I was, like, really excited about the prospect. I was like, wait, it doesn't fit with the theme, and it probably is not going to be there this year. But
1: You have, like, five or six themes that are already stuck, like, on a wall that, as we think of cool stuff, we keep adding it. So a Western is on there. So I'm sure when we get to a Western theme, we ever do a Western theme, um, the Wild Wild West. That would be the time to bring back the bull ride.
0: I, I'm serious. I would show. I would show up in a duster and a cowboy hat and some boots uh, to yes, to the middle of Florida. Yeah, in February. I mean, it's not gonna. It's not gonna be like scorching hot or anything like that. So, I mean that. I mean, I could totally be comfortable in that, and I would. Oh, I would rock that.
1: Yeah, it's a great time of year down here.
0: So, um, and uh, so along, so along with some of these like highlights and everything like that. I mean. We, we, we again, I know this has kind of been hit on a few times, Abe, but I, I gotta say that, like, we were talking about your kids earlier and talk about family and everything. But that the moment last year with your daughter on the Great Smoke, the virtual experience and everything. I mean, I was thinking about this, and we were talking about like your Mount Rushmore on Cigar Coop Primetime Special Edition. If you guys haven't caught that, you can go catch the replay on Cigar Coop page. Really great stuff that we talked about that night. Um, but I got to thinking about this, I mean. As, as a proprietor of, of Smoke In and as the, the founder of this fantastic event that has now become, you said you feel like it's on its way to becoming the premier cigar event, you know, in the country.
1: of I them. Mean, it's definitely one of them. I mean, there's probably five or six events that are pretty much draw national audiences. There's, there's big local events. Sure. Right. There's big local events, you know, locally and regionally in areas, but I think maybe there's four or five that really draw people nationally from many, many states, and we're definitely one of them, Um, but I think after last year and the direction we're going this year, if we pull it off, and, you know, we, we we had the great momentum of the disco theme, and then we were gonna do the luau the following year and then we lost it. So then we had to go to virtual. So now with the luau and what we got next year, I get a feeling when the word gets out after this year and next year with next year's theme, um, we'll probably, I think become probably the, the as far as experience driven cigar event in the country. Uh, I, that's my goal. So let's right. put it that way, whether it happens or not. That's, that's the direction we're looking.
0: And that's just my point here, I mean, you, you, you built built not just one but two amazing things in your retail empire let's call it actually three right i mean your <laughs> the kma podcast i mean it radio show i mean whatever you want to call it, i mean it was the first to hit like actual airwaves got syndicated i mean you built that to into what it is and then you built the great smoke i mean you've built all these crazy things the question I wanted to ask is, again, it pertains to me because I'm a father, too. Like, And I saw, and I've heard us talk about it numerous times. I mean, have you ever been more proud than that moment?
1: Which moment?
0: When your daughter last year, Great Smoke.
1: Oh, have I ever been more proud? Uh, you, know, um, you know, that was a very touching and moving moment. Um I'm not sure as a parent, if we weigh, we weigh proud moments. I mean, I, you always see movies and TVs. I've never been more proud of you. And maybe I will say that at some point or not. I mean, they're young still. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't know if I weigh it like that because there's, there's lots of proud moments I have with all of them. Right. Um, that, that was, That's that fair. was, but, but so as a parent, you can be proud. As a parent, you can be proud of your child. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's, it's significant for them. You know what I'm saying, you know what I'm saying? I played a lot of football games where I just had a great game. I didn't think nothing of it. I knew my dad was very proud, mm-hmm. you know, of the game, right? Um, what made that one, I think, extra special was she felt the magic of the day. And it was it was an eye-opening life experience for her on top of me just being a proud parent or my dad who was there being a proud grandparent at the time. um, I think that's what probably makes that moment a little extra special for a year later. She's still talking about it. Um, She, you know, she's trying to get a piece done for this, this great smoke. I don't know if she'll, she'll get around to it. Um, There are a lot of things that just aren't going to make the cut this year, just timing and, logistical issues and problem, but she had a, um, a big, you know, she goes to a school of the arts. So she's been in middle school. She's in eighth grade now. So she had to audition for her high school school of the arts. You know, they only accept so many kids. So she's been working months, uh, very, very hard on a piece. She had her audition last Saturday.
0: I was gonna say that uh, just happened, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So she really hasn't had time to think or work on anything outside of prepping herself for that audition and now we're like three and a half weeks away and i'm not sure where she's at with it but i'm not sure if she'll be ready to do something special this year she had a great idea we both had a great idea what what she could do but you never know might be able to make it happen you know i mean it's i i, I never like to say die unless i have to say die mm-hmm. but you know i like to always have plan b c and sometimes plan d ready to go right you know that he doesn't go through you're not running around you already know what you're going to do for b or c so that's what helps i think that's been that mentality is why we kind of been successful in not dropping the balls because i never expect pan a to work that's just my attitude planner is, is. No. yeah there so it is i'm always thinking of b and c and what happens if this doesn't happen and there's always a point in a return you know and and um you know, we just had that situation between me and you with Drew Estate. You know, we were waiting on those spray paint can lighters that were supposed to be here January 15th. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're running behind and I, I'm not going to ship out 700 packages and then owe 700 lighters to people, you know. So and, and it kept showing delay. So I was actually on the phone with the guys from Drew Estate. I'm like, all right, we need to start figuring out what plan B is at this point. Because if it's not here by this time, then we need we, we to start shipping packages. I can't hold up people's packages for a lighter. I mean, a kick ass cool lighter, so, you know, albeit, but can't hold it up. So, what's plan B? And as I was waiting for them to get back to me, plan B, it shows up at the warehouse. So, it's just those kind of challenges this year.
0: Yeah, exactly. My plan A would be to take that home with me, but obviously that's not going to work because I'm planning on carrying on and not checking. So my plan B is, of course, just uh, Coop's going to take it and then ship it to me later. It's fine.
1: So. Well, getting it this time was fine because we're, the event's still three weeks away, but we need to start getting the virtual packages out. They start going out this week. That's right. Yeah, you were telling us that's right. We need at least 700 to start shipping this week. So that, that's why we need a plan B, but it came in. We're good to go. They'll be going out. Everybody at home will be getting them. Um, people who come down live, will have to figure out how to get them home.
0: that will be, uh, I'm excited, I'm excited for that. I think that's one got, of the,
1: we got you one included in the pack, which was yes. a very significant major move. You'll have to figure out how to get that baby home if you're getting on a plane.
0: There you go. You know, there's, like we said before, there's a lot of UPS stores and FedEx, uh, Kinko's around the, uh, uh, you know, around the area. So I'm sure it'll be fine.
1: Um, the most interesting problem to have.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say, no, definitely. So so here's something I was thinking about to say. You know, we, we talked, I've asked you this question in a variant of ways over the, you know, the, the few times that I've interviewed you. And, you know, we talk about your ability to roll with the punches. We talk about your, you know, this this empire that you've built and all these things that you've done and the the way that you expand things and you've never you're never quite satisfied. you just keep building and making things better and better. And you always are thinking about that. You've confessed that yourself. Here's something I was thinking about. Have you ever thought? Because I said, "What's the next to, for me?" Like in my thought process, what's the next evolution of what the great smoke could be, right? And so I was thinking about this long and hard. And I was like, "Okay, what? How can I frame this in a form of a question?" And then it occurred to me. I was like, "You know what? There is an organization that does something similar. Could you could you possibly do it?" And I was thinking about you. You just mentioned the company a second ago, Drew Estate. I was thinking about the Barn Smoker experience that they've done in so many different areas and everything like that. So like it's the same experience and obviously different, not the exact same, but a unique experience in different locations, different times, everything like that. Have you thought about expanding the great smoke to multiple greats? Yeah. Multiple greats.
1: I've been been asked this probably for six to eight years now. Probably never going to happen. That's for my
0: originality, though.
1: (laughs) <laughs> no, no, it's, it's it, look. A lot of people have asked that, and just just not just consumers, but people in the industry. But look, here is the reality: the situation is too. Um, it, to do something like that would make it a full time job for people. This is not my full time job, even though I work all year, kind of on it, um, because it, and then this is our home base. This is where we've been for twenty-five years. I don't want to take my store event in somebody else's area. I, I don't need to do that, you know. There, they, you know, if we're going to go to an area where there's a store, or you know, to, where there are other cigar shops, they, they need to learn how to do something for themselves in that area. And I don't, I don't need to go and do that. Um, that 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 kind of a project will require tons of effort, time, logistics, and. It's just not a direction we ever thought on going. I've had other retailer friends who do these type of events. Some I've been to, and I've invited down. I said, "Look, you got to come down. You got you you, you could learn a few things by watching how we do our event." And and they, I've invited them. They come down, and they've gone back to their hometowns and thrown much better events for it. So, um, yeah, I I don't see that happening. as I own the company, let's put it that way. Should one day I retire and get bought out and this event continues to grow and we get bought out by a conglomerate, you know, a bigger entity. Um, I could totally see maybe them doing something like that. I mean, Cigar Fishing Auto's big smoke was, I think, at one point in 20 cities. Yeah, it was you pretty know. massive at one point. Yeah, at the height of its, you know, popularity and, and before all the bands started but um i just don't see it happening while while i'm at the helm of the show well
0: and you bring about a good point with like smoking bands and stuff i mean it's it's become increasingly harder and harder to find venues even outdoor venues that will allow this type of event to take place which is just it's that's a whole other that's a whole other bag of cats to open but you know it's
1: not it's not easy and we really really when I tell you really got lucky with the fairgrounds it was really a, i think it was divine intervention um because the the place we were at prior we literally found out like very shortly before we had to start selling tickets that they didn't want us back the following year and we were scrambling and we were looking at options and air airport airplane hangers and i remember we were running around this was too far and this really wouldn't work and i didn't go to the fairgrounds right away even though it's in our backyard and literally would have been perfect was at that time they'd always been affiliated with smoke tobacco uh, smoke-free florida which i'm like they're never having a cigar event and uh somebody said why don't you go to them and i said well we had no other options let me give these guys a try and i didn't know that they weren't uh, working with Smoke Free Florida at the time anymore. And they have not only been very receptive, we've become very good friends with them. They're awesome. They love our event. <clears throat> they bend over really backwards to accommodate us. Um, they're very skilled at prepping and getting ready for these kinds of events because as big as our event is, it's probably one of the smaller events they have there. Um, and it's just its just been a kudos to them that we they've not only just, have our vet they're very happy hosting it and have been great hosts and i see no signs of that changing anytime in the short or long-term future
0: so this brings about an interesting subject and it, and it kind of returns back to one of the questions i just asked you so and i just wanted to put this but I, i'm not pushing either way but i i wanted to put this thought in into the question of you mentioned how like and, and that's really great of you and that you don't want to necessarily trample on anyone other, anyone else's like territory by taking the great smoke to multiple areas and stuff. And that's, that says a lot about you. Um, but, you know, you, you kind of brought up the point of, you know, you've, you've invited retailers to come down so that they can make their events better. And, and, and our good mutual friend, Dave Garofalo always says that any time that anyone's successful in this business, it's good for this business, Right. It doesn't matter, you know, if someone opens next door to you, if they're successful too, that's good. It's good for this industry, right? In some ways. And that's, that's kind of been his mentality. And I know you share similar sentiment to it. So, but I mean, I mean, there are people, like you said, you, you draw a huge national audience to this thing. And I mean, let's face it, I mean, they go to, they go to other places other than smoke in to, to spend some money when they're not at TGS, Really? And so it's good for the industry, wherever you would go and do yeah. this. Yeah. Just playing devil's advocate here.
1: you know. No, we have people I, we know because we see it. They don't interact with us at all except for coming to the Great Smoke or in the last two years. Like I've seen now people come up for the second time, but all they've ever ordered from us is a Great Smoke ticket. That's it, which is fine. Still good. You're participating. You're supporting the event. And we're, all, we're all happy with it. But, you know, look, I'm a firm believer in, in a, you know, high tide raises all ships. I've had so much, I've been blessed to have so much help from legends in this industry, very wise people and other retailers as I was coming up. So, um, you know, I'm I'm never shy to pass knowledge or information on um, retailer or manufacturers, really, you know, Um, I just had a guy who, I guess he's had a cigar company for a year, a year and a half. um, Never I told him his name was terrible because I, now I still can't remember it. Never Ash, I think it was. Never Ash? But Chicago guys, he's been out for a couple of years. Shockingly enough, when I meet guys, it ended up being that my uncle was in town and his son is good friends with this guy, so he wanted to pick my brain. I said, bring him in, I'll pick my brain. But shockingly enough, when I meet these guys, they're, they're making cigars at a factory. You know, I never heard of anything. At least this guy, he's at, he's at you know Ventura's factory, so... He's having good cigars made for him, smoked a couple, but, you know, end up spending two and a half hours talking to him, just trying to give him whatever advice I could on it. And I just feel that's part of the process because I've been blessed enough to have people spend their time doing that with me when I was coming up through the ranks. It's
0: funny, it's like you're, I can side my head a little bit here. I was saving this question for later. So this is an interesting, this is something I wanted to ask you. Again, I've asked you a variant of this question before. In fact, on the last time I had the privilege of interviewing you i asked you about um you know who you know who in the industry was like the toughest to build that rapport and that trust with but this actually brings up an interesting question that i wanted to ask you tonight which was you know you know we talk a lot about your successes you know and and everything like that so who who did you get who did you get in early on not saying you you helped build their brand or maybe you kind of did but who it's did you get in early with that you were like... The company? Yeah, like a cigar company that you're like... It's What's
1: that? It's why? Pete Johnson, Tituaje.
0: Oh, too- I'm sorry. that cut My my earpiece cut out there. I apologize. Okay.
1: I, I think I was Pete's first accountant in the state of Florida. So I, 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 I had met Pete at the trade show a couple of times because he was managing a retail shop. And I... <laughs> Some people who have been following me long enough know this. I, I had written a um, a pilot episode for a TV show that was going to be called Kiss My Ash. And we ended up going to Hollywood to meet Don Rio and Damon Wayans um, with the script that we had written. And <laughs> the meeting was at the Havana room and Pete managed, uh, Pete managed the store downstairs. So I walked in not knowing that's where Pete was. I'm like, oh, what are you doing here? And he started telling me where I'm at. And I don't know if Pete was distributing them yet. I think maybe he was doing it just out of that store at the time. So he gave me a couple of these sticks, told me about the story and whatnot. And I was very heavily on, I think, Cigar Families bulletin boards back in the day. All you youngins have no clue what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, you know, before I, spent was- I
0: spent some time. I'm, I got a little bit of age on me.
1: Yeah, before there was Facebook and stuff like that, it was bulletin boards. So I was heavy on there, and and everybody was talking about how great their cigars is. And I think I was like the first person. And if Pete sees this or hears he can confirm. But I think I was like the first person in Florida bringing tatuaje in, and then just you know, blew up.
0: Right, that's, I mean, and you guys have a you guys have a very long standing relationship, and and uh, oh yes, Been so a long time. Totally to- 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 makes sense.
1: I I, I was probably one of the first guys before he was really known in making brands when AJ first came out was San Latano. I think I was one of the first retailers who bought in that line. But you know, you make a lot of bad calls too. You know, as many as you make good calls, you'll bring in something and somebody new and it never takes off and it dies. And that's part of the game. The skill, the skill in being a good retailer is not knowing the winners or picking the losers ahead of time because I've been dead wrong as often as I've been dead right. The skill in being a good retailer is Moving it, moving the stuff when you're wrong. Right. You know, guys just want to sit on it till eventually it goes out the door and and they drown in inventory and inventory doesn't move. And there's a value to cash flow. And, you know, know, stuff is not moving. I'll get rid of it as a loss because the money is more valuable to me to go buy product that'll turn than just sit on my shelves waiting for consumers to buy one stick a year for it to eventually go out the door. So um, I think that's, I think that's the real skill of a good retailer.
0: We'll put a pin in that for 2 seconds here but yeah I I it's it's interesting cuz like you know we have you know mentioned Coop several times on this show um and everyone knows that I partner with him. So I've actually been smoking cigars longer than Coop. Now he's smoked more cigars than me hands down. Uh you know times times 100 probably at this point but um I've actually been smoking cigars longer than him and the 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 brick and mortar that I went to in college was the first account was the first proprietor in texas to carry taranio was the first one to carry rocky patel was the first one it was in fort worth texas so padilla you know some really you know iconic brands that have kind of stood the test of time that you know that i saw you know it it's it some sort of the for you know come up for you know in, at least in, from a Texas aspect, so that's it's cool. Like you have that that connection with Tatuahe. So onto the subject of, of misses, and I'm not asking you to name names here, but I'll I'll bring up one because it seems to come up quite a bit. It, because it, at the time, like Tony Bahani was just like fire. Like like everyone everyone has this like Tony Bahani story, like how his cigars were so red hot, and
1: zero, and they were less than sixty seconds. What's that? Hero, hero to zero in less than 60 seconds.
0: I mean is there is there a more is there a more tragic story in the scar industry in
1: your years of Oh, there's a lot of tragic stories. I know there's a,
0: lot, there's a lot there's a lot but
1: but you know he didn't go away for a long time. Um, I mean look, a lot of it's karma, a lot of it's ego sometimes. I think you know, some people think they fly so high they can never get too close to the sun. Um and it just, something. Some, listen, I, I, I tell, I, I have this conversation with my wife all the time. I like, I always feel like I'm one bad decision away from devastation, right? The, you know, I've seen guys with bigger companies than ours and it unraveled over something, you know? So, like, that's always, like, in the back of my head, you know, like, getting the warehouse was a big, big decision for me. And, and, and you know, I, because I, I, that could be the one thing that sets you back. Right, mm-hmm. so you always have that fear, but um, you know Tony was hotter than hot. Came out of nowhere. I mean, blew up the market. Um, I think when he got involved in in becoming uh, and listen, that factory, the Donald Douglas factory in Costa Rica, was making some epic cigars at the time. I mean, mm-hmm. epic. Um, anybody who had the first any of his first cigars that came out of there, I think the, the original Cao Anniversario Maduro. I mean, Mickey Peg is, I know chatting from all saints cigars on here he might confirm for me i think i think that's original, right
0: yeah i think that's right too yeah
1: some good stuff original anniversary first came out was out of that factory then then he you know then he started getting involved in the manufacturing side and I, I can't remember the whole story but i think he bought into that factory and because now he was part of the factory he wanted the ceo cigars meeting there And i think i remember that year god rest his soul chano ozinger was running around from manufacturing manufacturer trying to figure out who he wanted to work with to have his cigars made at the time. The CEO anniversary you know, was was stellar. I mean, it was very hot cigar. Um, so, you know, he's one of them, you know, and, and look, there there are guys who, I mean, I think Tony was a victim of probably a lot of bad decisions. And then there's guys who just never get there. You know, yeah. uh, off the top of my head, Gene Arganese, great guy. Um, came right. to Florida. He visited me in Florida. I I knew him as a consumer before he really tried to pitch me in cigars. Took part in some of our events, and then like, okay, here's a guy who's trying to make it. We bought it in, and never really, never. Really. I mean, I even went down to his factory with some of the guys from shop. You know, you, you you try to. You hope. I like underdogs, so you hope some really brands make it out of the water and. You know, he's a guy who never did. I mean, one of the best jokes he ever said was, I literally was at the trade show with him one year. He's like, Oh man, you know, I, I, the cigar industry has made me a millionaire. And I, I knew he wasn't doing that well. I'm like, Really? He's like, Oh yeah. Because before I got in, I was a multimillionaire. Right. So so, it's, it's
0: the joke about the right. kind of, yeah, making a million dollars in the industry. It's like, he was the
1: first one who told me that joke. That's so funny. Was, oh, he's
0: like, like oh, oh, so everyone's oh. for him. That makes sense. Oh, that's funny. No, I, but, I, I mean, I mean, for me, I mean, for me, I mean, one of the, I mean, I was, a, I mean, look, look, it's not like he's not still around. He's still kind of doing things in the industry. And and he just, he continues to plug away. And, I, you know, hats off to the guy. I really like him a lot. Um, I've been a big fan of his forever. But one of the, to me, one of the biggest tragic stories is Sam Lucia. Because Sam's a great guy. He, I mean, he, I mean, he was a really, I mean, he's an innovator. You know, he loves creating, you know, new no tobacco. Really, I mean, he came up with nub. I mean, he coined a term. That we all use today—it's part of a cigar smoking lexicon. You smoke something down to the nub, and it's not just a brand; it's like it's part yeah. of our everyday vocabulary.
1: Sam's and- a real good human being, decent guy, hardworking. Um, I think Sam was just a victim of bad agreement, um, and it took him out of the, the spotlight for a while, and then mm-hmm. he got, got back in with cigars. I think it was Luchadores. Yeah, the Lichdors, those are some I I love them, you know. We bought him in. You know, Sam's a good guy, you know, he tried to help, you know, guys like that out. We bought him in and never really took off and I think now he's got a pretty successful uh, cigar club that he's running. Yeah, so. the Stogie
0: Bird. Yeah. So I mean, he, like he's still around. So it's not like he didn't uh, obviously didn't meet the same fate that Bahani did or anything like that. So I mean, he's still around, but it, it's still in my mind like, you know, you know, cuz I bought into him pretty early and and I'm still a huge fan of his like I just feel like Sam's not, Sam's not having the career that he, that he should have, you know, after all the blood, sweat and tears that he put in and stuff. And, and, you know, some of that's on him and some of that's on just circumstance and stuff. But, but I, I mean, I really, I mean, I'll always be a fan of his. I mean, I think what he's done in this industry and what he's done for this industry is, you know, uh, completely above board. The fact that he doesn't like pickles is just an agree to disagree thing with me. So, but (laughs) um Blow
1: well, blows my mind, but whatever. Teach their own. You have know, to be very more selective in bringing in and trying new stuff because with retail stores, you're really tight on linear footage and you only have so much space. And with the warehouse, it's, it's really opened it up a lot for us now to bring in stuff. There's a lot of stuff we have in the warehouse that are, is not in our humidors and our retail doors. Probably may never make our humidors and retail doors. But we're very excited. We've bought a lot of new companies, a lot of new brands. Um, ADV is one of them, which is... The next TGS limited edition release, L All Saints cigars, Mickey Pegg's uh, line that's in there now. Um, I mean, we brought in a lot of new lines from existing companies that we're dealing with. These are companies that we did Rockefeller. Um, that was another one I was going to mention. Never- the
0: original reiteration of Rockefeller was just Kevin's done such a great job with that. I don't want to I don't want to disparage Kevin at all because he's yeah. he's really brought that that brand back. And I know you carry them, so.
1: Yeah, I mean, we bought a lot of new companies that we've never dealt with before. And um, uh, I was very excited because when we were able to work with Henderson to make a, well, it it really didn't start out as a TGS release. It was a project. I mean, look, the the next, so we made the five limited releases for The Great Smoke. And um, we just did the Big Delicious, the fourth one. And the next one's February 9th. And this was kind of a cool project because like I think it's the first ever retailer-retailer collaboration. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, I'm good friends with Ronnie over at Secreto Scarbar, Detroit. And during COVID, we kind of concocted this idea where we we're gonna do like a retailer-retailer collaboration. And just like many other projects, got put on the back burner and it was slow, and then we get distracted and we start working on it, and then these cigars got made, and the other half of the project didn't even get worked on. And so, um, it was kind of cool that we kind of said, Hey, let's just make this a, a TGS release. So, this cigar, which I really believe is a sleeper out of all five of the great smoke releases, only because it's probably the one that people maybe have the least experience with or known as a company. I mean, Steve saka makes something out everybody wants, it. it's just obvious, you know, Carlito makes something everybody wants, and all these guys have sold very extremely well. But this guy was really new, new to us as a company, Mm -hmm. you know, really new to the industry as far as making his own brands. Um, So this, this, the, 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 the Cigar that we have, um, which the press release came out this past week. Right. um, Is literally a retailer collaboration. And uh, I think it's going to be, this project, because like I said, we started this really during COVID. So we had cigars. So I've had the opportunity actually give these out to people to see their responses and what they thought of it is. And everybody really has kind of been on board saying, wow. So I'm very excited about this release. There was um, 450 boxes made, and they'll go on sale during our virtual event with Henderson Ventura on um, February 9th, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Awesome.
0: I I absolutely love henderson's blending style and this isn't saying anything about the other tgs releases because i'm you know of course super excited about all of them but that's the one that i'm stoked about because i i mean he like the last few years i've i haven't had anything that he's made where i was like like no that's just not for me like i've smoked everything and i'm like damn this like everything is so good uh you know he makes he made my cigar of the year, the Labar of uh, Ricochet Crew Mexi Soul from 2000. and uh, 2020. Um, you know, I had a, another cigar, his uh, the Queen's Pearls was on my list this past year. I mean, just yep. his stuff's fire, man. I love it. It's yeah. fantastic. That's the one I'm excited about.
1: I, I really find it like cool that we bought him in recently. We did a TGS cigar with him, and then his cigar is the number three consensus cigar of the year, you know, from the Half Wheel Boys. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I think uh, we, uh, we put our money on a good horse with uh, Henderson Ventura and when these beautiful purple looking boxes uh, with the purple band, uh, which is my wife's favorite Color Purple, um, when it hits the street and people start smoking them, I'm, I'm very excited to see what the feedback is going to be from a lot of our fans out there.
0: Be good stuff for sure. So Abe, I, I wanted to kind of go through a somewhat of a rapid fire session. We were talking a little bit about ideas earlier. And so I've kind of titled the section, this or that. So this might be something that you've done at TGS before. Maybe it's on your board. Maybe it's been mentioned. Maybe it's never been mentioned. So I'm going to give oh, you okay. one option. It's this or that to put into a TGS event. So it's just your personal opinion. Uh, and you can take it wherever you goes. Like you think it's going put to be it. better?
1: Yeah. Put it into a TGS event? Is that yes. what
0: it is? Yeah. Okay. So, so, okay. So here we go. Um, fireworks or a laser show? Oh, laser show! Oh, okay. So a little unconventional. What's the? What's the? Uh, have you just like laser shows over fire? You think fireworks are overdone, or?
1: uh you know fireworks are loud and smoky, and you know you only get a few moments of oh, you know, because the rest is all just filler. <laughs> the big thing. Um, anybody who's ever seen Trans Siberian Orchestra? Yeah. Yeah, well, if you see a laser show like that, lasers are badass. Yeah, that's
0: yeah, true. No, you, you got, got any...
1: a laser show, man, or a pink flip. Lasers are bad. So, yeah, I'd go with lasers.
0: Yeah, good good point there. Okay. A, a entire uh, fleet of taxi cabs carrying TGS advertisement, driving around town or um, f- for an entire month or on a NASCAR hood, for the Daytona 500.
1: So you know, I'm really loving this segment because you give me a lot of good ideas for future great smokes. So you're is welcome. Actually a very, <laughs> this is actually a very very beneficial segment for me. Cabs, one thousand percent. Okay. Yeah, dude. No one's watching a car at 100 miles an hour, really seeing one of 800 logos on a car. It doesn't.
0: Okay. You know, the world's cat. most popular, then. I just thought, you know, hey, throw it yeah, out there. You know,
1: but listen to me. Other than STP Oil and Home Depot, I can't remember one logo on any, on any NASCAR ever.
0: Uh, DuPont car, Jeff Gordon, but that's just a personal favorite of mine. Um, well, there you go. A, okay. A barbecue cook off with some of the world's most popular barbecue uh, uh, restaurateurs or, or chefs or whatever you want to call them, or a chili cook off with the same oh, people. Man
1: grill masters grill masters grill masters barbecue okay barbecue come on man i
0: actually that's, had this written down and you brought this up earlier. League, and
1: major league,
0: you know i see I'm, I'm i'm a big chili person and big barbecue i'm from texas so like both was a home run for me so it doesn't matter which one you said on that one
1: I, so i just want to go back to the cabs really quick because i want to defend my position as a marketing guy right a bunch of cabs driving out in a local area where you know, 80% of your attendance coming from will be more effective than millions of people all over the world who see it and will never, ever come to the event. It's
0: a fair point. No, it's a fair point. Um, so this is funny because I had this written down even before you even said anything earlier. Uh, no, it's not helicopters, but it's close. Uh, at TGS, a skydiving or bungee jumping activation station?
1: Oh, bungee jumping. Bungee jumping. Yeah, I mean skydiving. What are you gonna do? You're gonna wait. Oh wait, I think I see him coming. <laughs> yeah, bungee jumping. Bungee jumping works. Okay. Bungee jumping, slingshot, one of those things. Those, those will work.
0: Okay. A, I'm uh, a African safari uh, mini miniature zoo or a falconry exhibit by some of the world's leading as falcon. I don't even know what, to, what what they're what they're called. The people who do falconry, falconers. I don't know. Yeah, falconers. I don't know. The, yeah. Some of these ideas are half baked, but I'm just like putting stuff together here. Yeah, that,
1: so. that, that's that go, cool, But I love the safari theme. That may have to get added to the board. I like that. As if you do, we might do a safari. Theme. I
0: was thinking Tiger King, the whole the whole thing that's that's kind of sprouted out because uh, of COVID and stuff. Yeah,
1: my safari right here on Southern Boulevard. This this. So, it, that idea might make it to the, what we call the big board.
0: Okay. Just make sure you vet the background of the people. Otherwise my wife's going to kill me for suggesting that. So um, my wife's a zookeeper. So that's, that's the reason why that
1: so. people have real animals there, but yes, it would be a good theme. So,
0: um, okay. And then this one's a little lame, but just, I kind of was just thinking for fun, but TGS socks or boxers.
1: Hmm. That's actually a tough one. Both are appreciated by both sexes. Women wear boxers and socks. Um, that's That's an either or, that's a gimme. That's a, if I had to choose one, Uh, boxers oh god the, la- I, I, the
0: ladies the ladies would also be all over that too
1: i agreed with quentin now i feel bad
0: what did he say i didn't boxers. i missed it
1: quentin i quentin,
0: boxers boxers oh nice. He a boxers okay all right um home run derby or free throw contest
1: free throw contest not too many people can hit a baseball spare point anybody can throw about basketball I'm not saying they can make it but <laughs> more people can interact with a free throw contest than, than hit, a ba- hit a baseball is hard man go to a batting cage it ain't that easy i can vouch for that for sure it is not easy at all
0: um okay and the last question of the this or that segment would you rather have the, okay, so we, the, so TGS is always this time of year. Like you said, it's a beautiful time of year. That's why you picked it for the state of Florida. So would you, it, if you had to, would you rather have, um, would you rather have uh, TGS in July or August? No, I know it's, I know it's kind of like no. out of the frying pan and into the fire. So which, which month
1: if you had to pick? Oh, July or August is the same thing. That's not even picking. I thought you were even doing picking July or August or February. Well, yeah,
0: I, I know you're picking February, so it doesn't matter. Because, like you said, you pick you pick this time of year because it's perfect.
1: You should have said fall or spring. That would have worked out better. That's a hard choice. July, okay, or August. fall or spring
0: then. Okay, you 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 choose, you the question. So, <laughs> fall or spring then.
1: I like the spring.
0: What, what's the what's the main okay? Because I'm not from Florida. What's the main like? What's the main detractor from both those times of year, fall and spring?
1: What's the difference? You mean
0: like what what what's the worst that could happen in the fall, and what's the worst that could happen in the spring?
1: Well, here's the problem. So uh, you know, hurricane season isn't really over till October, which puts you into November and December, which is not really the fall anymore. So you avoid <laughs> you avoid hurricane season. No one wants to mess with Thanksgiving and the holidays. So you know, February was—I mean, it was actually, 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 accidentally picked when we did our first one because I thought someone was going to beat us out to do it. So I really concocted like the first great smoke, like in two months, two and a half months. Um, and February was the soonest we could do it. Um, but ideally, logistically, looking at it going back, it ended up being perfect for us. So
0: I think it's great. It's like just two—it's—it's it's enough distance from the holidays. Yeah. And then
1: and in, in, in it, it's
0: before it gets, you know, super hot and uncomfortable for an outdoor. Well, event, it's, you know? good
1: and it's still cold in a lot of places. So it's a great reason for a lot of people to get out of town for a weekend and come somewhere sunny, which is, uh, you know, always been what a lot of people do. They'll perfect time of year to get out of your snowstorm or whatever else you've got going on and catch some Florida warmth
0: perfect well Abe, thanks for participating in this or that i just thought it would be fun like to kind of do it. Great. yeah like that, the for your show. no that's for some i've ever done it so oh. i might i might bring it back and and yeah. uh yeah so um you know if i ever see any of these ideas ideas come to fruition i'll just I'll, you know i'll bask in the glory of that I'll i was there ready. i was there at the beginning <laughs> be so um so speaking of choices uh, that always leads us into our uh, one must go segment. So it's a little bit different, but sort of the same thing uh, brought to you by United Cigars, featuring Lagi and Havana and distributors of Jose Dominguez, Bandolero, Garofalo and the highly acclaimed Atta Bay and Byron lines. So smoke one today and start living united. So, Abe, hey, this is Shift Gears here. You know, we've been talking a lot about Florida, talking about a lot about the great smoke. But, you know, we last time we had you on Cigar Group Times, Primetime Specialist, we talked about food from your great homeland of Chicago. So I'm gonna take I'm gonna take your great homeland of Chicago and look at it a different way. And since we're talking about the fairgrounds and a venue, Chicago is home to some pretty iconic sports venues, um, particularly in the day the time that you grew up. You know, the 80s and 90s. The United Center, home of six NBA championships, the Chicago Bulls. Soldier Field, I mean, legendary. I'm a Packers fan, but it's I you gotta respect Soldier Field. And so, and then for the third choice, I'm actually going to leave it up to you because you know while Wrigley Field's iconic, I don't know if you're a South Side guy or not, so I don't know if you're a War White Sox fan.
1: fan. What's that? Cubby.
0: You're a Cubby fan. Okay, so Wrigley Field. Okay, so even better because those are three iconic uh, sports venues. So one's got to go. What? What is it? Is it Wrigley Field, Soldier Field, or the United Center?
1: Oh. united center
0: Were were you Were did you ever go to any of those games or were you oh, already you were down in florida by that time or
1: i don't know no, all of them i was blessed enough to see michael jordan play multiple times oh, um wow. um I, I remember the old stadium before the united center too um so many blackhawks games there's uh I think you know, it was easier for me to see United Center because it feels less historic for me. You know, it's a newer arena, newer mm-hmm. building. I, you know, Soldier feels so iconic there on Lakeshore Drive. And I spent many games with, bundled up as much as we can, watching Cold and blizzards, And you can't do nothing ever to Wrigley Field. It's one of my favorite baseball stadiums in, in the country. So, yeah, United Center, that, that would be the one that goes.
0: So just, just to return it, like, cause I want to talk about the, the old, so again, this is how limited my memory of it is. in so what what was the old stadium called before the United center? Where did the Bulls play before that? Do you remember? I'm not trying to put you on the spot. I'm just curious.
1: We called the Chicago stadium. I can't remember. Oh. So Chicago stadium, maybe I can't remember. It was literally like next door where they built the new one.
0: Like I said, I'm, I'm putting you on the spot there. I apologize. Um, but no. So, OK, so the United Center goes just because I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I figured it would be just because, I mean, the 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 historic implication there. But shifting to your baseball allegiance and everything, I'm, I'm always curious about this from people from Chicago. Is there is there a mutual respect or is it a like like Jets and the Sharks type thing of like, no, you're a South Side guy or you're, you know, you're you're a member of the Wrigley Nation. Like what what does that look like in Chicago?
1: there's there's hardcore people. I mean I've never been that way. I consider myself a Cub fan. You know, do I not root for the Sox who they're having a winning season or gone to the World Series? No, I absolutely do. So um but hey I just I just identify myself as a Northsider and a Cub fan. Um I you know those if I was going to say hey let me go catch a baseball game this week again I go to a Cubs game I would never even think of saying hey let's go to comiskey park to watch the Sox play so um yeah i just for me it's not that way i guess for some people it probably is in chicago hardcore i mean i remember a funny story i i i had an airbnb went home to visit my family once in chicago beautiful house and um they had a nice basement which you know we don't have here in florida and the basement was kind of a little game room area and a big tv my kids spent, I and i spent a lot of time down in the basement but he had four iconic logos um, like on his walls, you know, the bulls, the bears, the black hawks, and the socks. So I went out and bought a little cubby placard and I put it right over the socks. <laughs> Before we left, nothing perfect, <laughs> just enough to say ha ha. And I think he I never heard from him, but I think he appreciated it. Or he might have told me that would call me a cocksucker. Who knows?
0: That's funny. Oh man, that's hilarious. Yeah, I um uh... Yeah, I've always wondered that. We don't have basements here in Texas either. So when people talk about basements, I think it's funny.
1: Cause I, I grew know, up. I don't know what that is. Chicago. I, I mean, that's, what, that's where we live 90% of the time is growing up. We go to the basement.
0: So, um, well, that, I appreciate you participating in that one. It was a little bit easier than I, I anticipated. But I, I, as I kind of thought about it in retrospect, I figured it might be because of the uh, iconic nature of the other two areas and everything. But um, yeah, did yeah. you did you ever go to a White Sox game like growing up? I mean,
1: have you been yeah. to a couple? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. go once or twice, maybe. Yeah, I remember when I was growing up, White Sox Stadium. I mean, I I don't know how it is now. I'm sure it's a shame, but it was really right across the street from Community Green, which was like the worst projects like in, in Chicago. I mean, it wasn't like the nicest area to go watch a baseball game. Um, so, you know, I mean, unless there was a big game or something going on now, uh, but like Wrigley field was like, you know, in, in downtown Yuppieville, like you, you're driving down suburbia, you know, you're on a regular road. There's brick houses here, brick houses here. And all of a sudden, boom, Oh, where where'd this baseball stadium come out of? Like, like in the middle of a suburbs. Um, so yeah, completely different environment. So, no, being being a North Sider we didn't make it down to Comiskey Park that often I might have caught one or two Sox games maybe in my whole life
0: that's always been like this this you know and I've been to enough stadiums in my life that's one of the things that I really kind of like is is where people like kind of hide these hide these stadiums where they t- get tucked away in cities like you know because like when you see them on TV you know they're covered by the blimp and it's kind of they're kind of larger than life and you feel like they're like put on this pedestal but in a lot of places they're kind of tucked away. You know, like going to Coors Field in Denver, you know, to see a Rockies game, it's 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 you kind of take some back roads to get to it a little bit through downtown. And, and it's just kind of off, not off the beaten path, but it's just kind of tucked around something. And it's it's almost hidden. If you if you blink, you'd miss it. And uh, it's interesting.
1: You make you remember the iconic rooftops around Wrigley Field. Right. But that's right. Really, really driving down a neighborhood. And then boom, there's like a a ballpark in the middle of nowhere. Like it's crazy. And it's right off the L, easy to get to. But I went to Chicago um, to visit family about a couple of years ago. And I I ended up taking my kids to their first baseball game, Cubs game, see, took them to a Cubs game. And um, I didn't recognize it. It became so commercialized. It doesn't have that neighborhood feel. I felt like I was in the heart of downtown Chicago when we we got off. I, I took them on the electric train. And when we got off the electric train, I'm like, what is this? It's become very commercialized. So, um, yeah, well, I mean, the area around it still, but the, everything is just it's still in the suburbs exactly where it's at. But everything's just the outside and the shops around it and everything has become very uh, commercialized now. So it doesn't feel the same as when I was growing up.
0: We're, we're probably going to tradi- pick up our tradition, pick up our tradition. My wife and I have been going to one stadium a year. Um, you know, for the past few years and COVID kind of derailed it for a couple of years. And I think we're going to pick it back up again, but one of our coolest experiences, we went to Seattle uh, to watch it at the time of Safeco. Now it's T-Mobile stadium, but like we literally, we got, we totally scored on the hotel. It was literally across the street. We crossed the street and went into the stadium. I mean, it was fantastic. Um, unbelievable. And uh, we went on Memorial day weekend and uh, I was freezing. uh, sure. uh it was like it was like the coldest, coldest game I've ever been to, because, you know, I grew up in Texas. So you go to baseball games, it's you know, it's always hot as hell. But it was the coldest game I've ever been to. The high that day was like, you know, it was like 50 on Memorial nice. Day weekend. That was cold <laughs> so for me. Unbelievable. But um, awesome. Well, so, I mean, that takes us into our next fun segment, which, you know, every week we, we spotlights. Um, a, a nonprofit or charity of my guest choosing and uh, full disclosure, I kind of picked for Abe, but I figured he wouldn't mind considering the great smoke uh, does a lot of work with this foundation and Abe, you've been honored by this foundation as well. The kids cancer foundation. Um, what a terrific organization that you've been working with for the past few years. Um, yeah. So uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about the organization and, and, and what drew you to partner with them years ago? That's kind of built into this great relationship.
1: Um, so the Great Smoke event has always been tied to a charity. You know, um, it's just—it was from day one one of the few things I could do as a company to find a way to at least give some back. I mean, we do a lot of things throughout the year for military, but just it was nice to have tied this chair this event to a charity. It's changed over the years: Make a Wish, Home Safe, um, Hostess one year or two years. But a while back, I can't remember how long ago it was, but the Kids Cancer Foundation, I guess, was working with another retailer in the area to do a toy drive. And they just didn't do, I guess they weren't having success or they went into it. I, I don't know the whole story, but they came to me. Somebody recommended that you check us out. So we did the toy drive. And, you know, I just didn't want to put a box out and say, hey, here's toy drive. I went to some of my friends in the industry and said, look, you got any cool, real rare stuff? I mean, I'm happy to buy it for you, from you. I want to do this toy drive for the Kids Cancer Foundation. That came to me. And um, I got some really, really cool stuff. Um, because I, I, I've kind of done this a few times. If you're going to raise money for charity and you find a way to kind of give people a chance to maybe get something cool out of it, it's always a plus than just donating money. So um, I can't remember all the manufacturers involved, but I got some really, really cool stuff. And for every toy you donated, that was over $20 uh, at any one of our retail locations. So we put up these big boxes. Um, you got a raffle entry and then people started hearing about it. And then we added something online where you could buy, like it was like 20 or uh, increments of 20 or you get like a hundred dollars and you got the same amount of raffle entries. And we just collected the money and we'd send Emily at the time, would go out to Target and just do a bunch of Christmas shopping. And they were so blown away at the first year because there were some really good prizes we got. So um, after we raised all the money and Emily went, I remember she was like five or six shopping carts. She took a picture, you know, of her at Target bringing back gifts to the stores. Um, They needed to rent like a a U-Haul to come get all the gifts. Um, They were just blown away. And at that time I said, you know what? So they invited me to... This Christmas dinner, they they did. And, you know, I got four kids, so kids are always close to my heart. And going to this Christmas dinner and really meeting some of these kids who have cancer, um, it was a very moving experience. Uh, They're not whining. They don't have the attitude like life has shortchanged them. You know, typical responses adults would have, in situations like that they're very resilient and and strong and you know it's just mind-boggling you know um to have seen them and it really really moved me and then i I, so we ended up making um the kids cancer foundation the recipient of our our great the fund the fundraising aspect that we do of the great smoke i think it's been that way now for six maybe six years six or seven years, and I mean that's how we met the fine people there and uh, they've been very grateful and one year they they awarded me the hero hero of the year award mm-hmm. which is you know pretty badass i'm pretty proud of that i mean, I mean any organization is going to call you hero of the year i don't care how big or how small it's cool and it's one one of my um most memorable accomplishments and it sits on my little shelves of my, my museum and my uh, office but um, that's how we got involved with the kids cancer foundation and um, every year we, we uh, contribute a nice amount of money for them, and they're always super grateful and awesome. And typically they'll attend, and I, I'm not sure. I know we reached out to them this year. I think they'll be at the event this year. They're, they're really nice people. That's
0: fantastic. I mean, what, a, what an honor, too, for you to be named the Hero of the Year and stuff. I You, be you, you, you mentioned about the resilience of children. I I, I, I think this is important is kind of segue to kind of go into, you know, th- one of one of the most there's there's two magical traits in children that I, you know, as adults we look back and, and we lose somewhere along the way, and one of them is faith, and the other one is hope.
1: Yeah.
0: And and it's you know call it life getting to us or calling it growing up or w- whatever you want to stick on it, but for some way for some reason like we we kind of lose it. I think it's, I think it's just too much reality has hit us over the years or something like that, but there's something magical about that with children.
1: It's cynical and we get bitter, you know, Mm -hmm. and we get older, we get definitely more cynical. Um, But I mean, these kids didn't want you to look at them any other way than they're just normal. And Mm -hmm. uh, uh, it just, it just, it was very moving. It really was. And, you know, to be able to, do toy drives for them and get a bunch of toys and help them out so that's one listing those parents gotta worry about during the holidays and some of them who can't afford it, you know. Um it was it's great. And, and and we're very, very um honored to be able to work with 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 that. I mean look all almost all cherries are a good cause. You know, you just gotta find one, pick one and run with it. And this one just touched me and uh I stuck with it. That's fantastic. Absolutely. Fantastic.
0: So I put, I put the links in the chat there. They'll be in the show notes later on. Check out the kids cancer foundation, kids, cancer uh, um, kids, cancer foundation.org is where you can, or I, I think that's actually incorrect. Kidscancerf.org, excuse me uh, for more information. You can also donate off the link I put in the chat as well. That'll also be in the show notes later on too. Um, I, I just can, I really, I really encourage, and Abe doesn't know that I'm doing this, but I really encourage you all to give, um, and um, like, and you don't have to do this, but in later tonight, as I do every single week with these these charities and nonprofits that we feature, there'll be a small donation for me and my wife in honor of you, Abe. We're going to be giving later tonight. So um, you
1: know, I do. Yeah. And fund- there are people who do that for a living. God bless them. You know, fundraising and charity stuff, man. It takes a certain breed to go out and, and do that kind of work. And look, it, it's just one of those things that, and I always tell everybody. Look, if you're blessed enough that you could give and not feel it or know it's gone, then then, then it's nothing. But it's nothing ever anyone should ever feel like, oh, I got to do this, especially if you can't do it. You know, it's not one of those mm. things. If you're at this point in life where you're blessed and you're fortunate enough and you can give back, I I, I really believe the world is very uh, a lot of karma. I believe in a lot of karma. I believe like what comes around goes around. What you put out in the universe comes back in the universe. And uh, you know, if you can, you can, and if you can, it's nothing to be ashamed about.
0: Yeah, I think the you know, and then what's really great about this is there there's no minimum. If you go to Kins Cancer Foundation, um, you know they 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 spot like you can be an everyday hero by donating a gold donation, which a thousand dollars, which tr- trust me, I understand money doesn't grow on trees, all sure. the way down to fifty, which is the everyday hero, um, or you can do another amount. There's no minimum. It's a dollar, you know, it, it isn't. And that's what I think was what I've really tried to focus on with this. And this is why I usually spotlight the charity on Facebook because Facebook will allow you to raise money for charities and nonprofits for them, you know, for the most part. Uh, some of them, you just can't. They're not they're not linked to it, but they Facebook will donate 100 percent of the profits. This isn't like GoFundMe or another third party entity that takes a cut. It's what, you know, for all the flack that Facebook catches.
1: Right. That's you know, a cool
0: yeah yeah it's it's pretty cool that you know if you can post it and i'll try to tag i'll try to tag it on there but you can donate through facebook and 100 percent of the proceeds go directly to the foundation which is fantastic or obviously you go to the website like through the link and obviously 100 percent of it goes through there too so um really <laughs> really fantastic and again no minimums you know mix you know mix every every cent count uh and it obviously goes to a great foundation that you know and a great cause that you know you've you've done a lot of work with so uh um, thank thanks for that. Appreciate it. No, absolutely. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. Um, very small part in what all the work that you've done for it. So, um, so just a final bit, a couple of questions here, uh, Abe, as we kind of kind of wrap up tonight's show. And again, I can't thank you enough for being on. I know, I know my show's on late on Sundays and, you know, especially it's with these, cool. with it being Eastern time, you know, this is some Talked about family a lot tonight. You know, it's time away from your family. Are, I
1: appreciate already it. Already in bed at this time because it's the school year, so it's not a big deal. You, you just took me away from Brandy, so you'll have to answer to her later.
0: Again, my apologies. <laughs> so, um, so, just a couple of fr- fun questions. So, um, so when did the the bets thing start? The signing of the dollar bills.
1: Al Fontana. I okay. Was one of- South Montana, if you don't know who South Montana is, South Montana basically worked forever with Carib imported cigars That eventually became Camacho cigars and was in the cigar industry for, I don't know, 50 years, maybe 40 years. I mean, it was a long time. Um, basically, he mentored Christian Aroa from when Christian was a child. He mentored me since I was 26 years old and. Um, And we were very, very close and we spent a lot of time. Sal would visit my shop two to three times a week regularly. And we just would, oh, you know, want to bet? You want to bet? And so he'd always say that to me and he'd lose. And I'd never get nothing for it. You know, I mean, he's got nothing to show for it because I'm not going to bet anything significant with him, whatever. So literally, like one time I said to him, I said, listen, let's make a deal. I will bet. But if you're wrong, you have to sign the bill. You were right, Abe. You were right. I was wrong, and you had to sign it, South Montana, and he agreed. And next thing I know, I probably had like six or seven bills from him. God rest his soul. <laughs> and, and it just went on. I got guy bills from Marvin, from uh, other people, Marvin Samuel, other people in industry, and it just collected. And it's now it's like a stack like that thick. So it's that's kind of my little—I uh, don't know—it's a hobby or a cool little thing, but. Um, one of these days, I'm probably going to frame it or do something with all the bills. That's
0: that's awesome. Speaking of Marvin, how how fucking cool was that, man? I know you were at the
1: premiere at the, I the festival. Movie. I was in the movie. So that was kind of super cool. Um, no, kudos to Marvin, man, because that that was a hell of a project. I know how long he worked on it, what he went through. Um, he was on uh, the Fuente Marifel show earlier today. Um and uh, to see that come to fruition and be at the, the world premiere of it was kind of cool. And, uh, you know, it was kind of cool just having the experience of being on a set during filming with some very cool actors, too. I mean, Judd Hirsch is a guy I grew up watching on Taxi. We I mean, forget all that stuff. I remember him from Taxi, whatever. And, you know, everybody remembers Rudy and... and, and, and uh, mm-hmm. With Sean Aston. Sean Aston was really cool. We, that's how I actually met Sean Aston, who he was nice enough. We did that tribute video during a digital experience with The Great Smoke uh, last year. It was through Marvin's movie and going down there and filming for a day. But, um, you know, kudos to Marvin. I mean, that's, that's a major, major accomplishment. And he's got a stellar cast and the movie was very entertaining and touching. And, uh, you know, hopefully... Continue. Uh, I think he really enjoyed it, and hopefully, he'll continue on this new uh, adventure and this new career for him. It's a long way from making cigars. Completely different, uh, you know. Different. I mean, I mean, he was always a storyteller at events, and that's kind of what Marvin was known for. So, I guess it was a natural segue for him.
0: Yeah, I, I was going to say it, it didn't. I mean, it was completely out of left field, but at the same time, it wasn't so far fetched for me. I didn't know. I had no idea what he was working on. I mean, I had no idea what was going on. Um, I knew he obviously, you know, had been years since he had been with Drew Estate. And so I was like, I, mean, I was wondering what all the time because him and I connected for numerous. He always came and did uh, our Drew Estate events at Michael's Tobacco in in, in, yeah. in here in Texas. And so I got to know him, you know, over a brief time, over a couple of years. And um, just I mean, I mean, we really connected and, I, you know. Haven't been able to connect back, and I was like, I was wondered what happened, and, and then all of a sudden this popped up, and I was like, wow, wow, this is He's fantastic. Now,
1: so, you know, <laughs> no, I'm just teasing. <laughs>
0: um, now you need to talk Marvin into getting you an IMDb credit. That's that's what happens needs to happen next. Were you like an extra, or did you have a did you have any speaking roles? I, I haven't obviously seen the film or anything like that. So. So, so
1: we all had speaking roles. It was it was it was like a man cigar manufacturer retailer scene. Uh, but it was really funny. Uh, we ended up spending probably 30 minutes plus, maybe 40, shooting the scene in different variations. to And like the dialogue from nobody ended up making that scene. Though Marvin claims that my line is heard, but where we saw the world premiere, wasn't like in a nice theater. Or it was an outdoor theater. The audio was a little rough. Yeah,
0: always his on outdoor stuff. it was an outdoor
1: theater setting and whatnot. So he claims that you know my line can be heard when his wife's answering the phone, but I, I couldn't hear it. I have to watch it digitally sooner to see actually if I can, I can actually hear my line or not. And yeah, there well, were no completely ad libbed thing from everybody. We just were supposed to be like ourselves,
0: right? Yeah, I, I I'm a big Jed Hirsch fan too, so that was really cool that he was the star. And of course, like you said, Sean Aston, Rudy, who doesn't who doesn't know anything about that. So, good times. Um, this little this little diatribe there. But uh, um, so the I, I guess the other question I was going to ask you before we kind of wrap things up with our, our curveball segment for the night. Um, so if you could have You're- Go ahead. Sorry.
1: Question, Stuart. The name of the movie is I Mordecai.
0: Correct. Uh, Yes. I Mordecai.
1: Mordecai, um, They had two showings here in Miami. I don't know when the next showing is. Um, You know, as Marvin gets more information, when it becomes more accessible to the public, we're going to have him on KMA. He already said he'll come on. We'll get the news out there. But the movie's called I Mordecai, and Mordecai was his father's name. So that's where that comes from. Yeah. It's kind of a biopic, you know in my biopic yes
0: yeah so it, it and, you know it's 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 fantastic that he gets to tell his story in in, in such terrific fashion and everything it's pretty
1: yeah.
0: it's pretty sensational um and uh yeah i was as i was reading more about it i was like you know i was like oh that's cool the the name of the the name of the main characters and then i started reading more i was like oh my gosh this this is his story this is so like i said it was completely out of left field for me i had no idea what was going on
1: and, and the yeah. fact that it was brought it really out was fantastic father's life but Mm -hmm. Marvin was part of his father's life right Um, what was going on in Marvin's life was incorporated obviously into the movie as well so um, it's not really about a movie about Marvin and and his cigar life as much as it is about his father but you know his father you know the father's son was part of Mordecai's life and what was going on with Marvin and his business was part of Mordecai's life at the time so Mm -hmm. really entertaining movie you get a chance i really urge you all to go watch it there's not a lot of good stuff about there that had any kind of relation or theme when it comes to cigars so as as anybody who really appreciates the cigar lifestyle or culture you should run out and support stuff like this
0: absolutely 100 so this is a a little bit of um i don't know uh how to characterize this question but i You know, I've heard I've heard I've been to a lot of events and I've heard this phrase come up quite a bit from manufacturers or reps or, you know, brand owners, retailers um, said, you know, the best compliment that I was ever given was X. And that's not the question I'm going to ask, but a, a similar path. It, again, tonight's the whole point of tonight's conversation was to talk about the amazing uh, experience that's coming up here in less than a month. The Great Smoke, twenty twenty two, the last luau. Um, first of all, are tickets still available? Let's point that out.
1: Um, without a doubt, there are um, without a doubt there are live tickets still available. Virtual, I'm not sure because it's been the weekend. I haven't been in the office. Um, there was some as a Friday. But it's getting close, and um, wherever it's at, I'm pretty sure before this week's out, it'll be gone. They'll they'll be over. So especially Western with virtu- the packs going out, so yeah, you yeah. had to you had to cut it oh, off. Landing, forget about it. that's when it goes nuts. So the virtual tickets, there were still some as of Friday, I believe. Um, and the in person, they're still they're still available. It's not getting close to being, uh, you know, during every year the Great Smoke will typically sell, believe it or not, 150 or 200 tickets the day of the event at the door it's like insane quentin with, the when... great,
0: quentin with the great post posting the posting the link uh directly to uh tgs so good job go. Quentin. appreciate it
1: i mean um, he's trying to work off that 20 dollars he owes me quentin owes me a signed 20 bill actually yeah apparently about...
0: there's a bet on this show and I'm I'm I'm, I'm 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 it's terrible because i know what the bet is now thanks quentin so I don't uh, like I'm either going to let you down, Quentin, or I'm going to let Abe down. And this is what a fucking terrible position he's put me in
1: I'm on this bet. I don't
0: know nothing about what you're talking oh, about. Oh, he, he put, uh, well, uh, I guess it wasn't with you. It was with somebody else. But he, he put, a, I guess he put an over under bet on how long the show would be. Oh, OK. So, well, I guess I'm either going to disappoint him or disappoint whoever he bet with. So thanks, Quentin, asshole. Um, no, I'm just kidding. i um, just kidding, buddy. Um, but so. I, I, and I lied, I actually had two more questions before our curveball segment. So the, 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 the question I asked is if, if someone could give you the, the perfect compliment to, you know, that they attended TGS, they came up to you and said, X, what what is that? Like, what do you want them to experience? If they come to in person, what do you want that experience to be when they come up and say, thanks, Abe, X, what do you want that response to be,
1: you know? Listen, first off, I, I get it every year. And, you know, like I said, my hand is bruised at the end of the day after all the handshaking of a great smoke experience. And look, all you, my goal every time we do something like this is I want them to be so moved that they're talking about it for at least a month. And I know we're successful when I see that same person come back next year and he brings two friends, you know, I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not I'm running around with like a chicken with no head, but I'm not like. No one knows where I am. I mean, I'm running around. So I get stopped, pulled over, talked to, um, reminded, hey, you remember me from last year? So um, I, I don't know if it's it's a compliment. You know, I mean, I guess the, the best compliment is at the end of the event when I ask if everybody had a good time and they go nuts. I mean, I guess that's that's the response you want to have. So, um, yeah, I mean, look, it... I mean, it's, look, it's, it's the same thing we get almost every year. I mean, obviously, I you know, it's really funny because you'll laugh when I say this, but I'm more tuned in to when people aren't happy with something, right? Okay. I mean, I know what's good. You know, I know you, you got in good, the logistics, good, so the deal is good. So hearing all that stuff, I, it kind of really kind of doesn't stick deep. But if something goes wrong or somebody has a problem or something could be really improved on, that's the stuff I'm real like all the antennas go up and, and we pay attention to it because, and 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 we have a meeting every year, the Monday after, because we write all this stuff down so we don't forget. Oh, um, nice. We, oh yeah, we brainstorm. Like I, I think from 2020, and then there was a digital experience so it didn't happen from 2020, there was like 68 points that we had written down right after the great smoke was things that we need to improve on change or make better the following year.
0: So one of those things, I'm just going to spare you the, spare you the dignity of having to explain it again, even though you probably will. Uh, So anyone out there listening, if you can't get one of the limited, uh, limited TGS cigars, um, we're sorry in advance. That's not what TGS is about. Sorry. You didn't get it, but there are a lot of people who want these cigars. And if you can't, for some reason,
1: get it, sorry. I well,
0: know what else know, to
1: it, tell you. You know, it, it, here's what's going to happen, right? So with these things, look, so one of the things we did last year is like when I, when I started concocting the digital experience and how we wanted to do digital experience, I was trying to find ways to make this stand out as extra exciting because I knew people would say a virtual cigar event, you know, so I really needed things. So let me reach out to some of these great manufacturers who has the time to put in to make something special for the great smoke. And we, we had six great guys work with us, make awesome stuff. And what a big hit it ended up being. We never expected to sell out in five minutes or anything. So, um, and that was a big disappointment for a lot of people. Cause like, well, I only bought my ticket to get the limited release. Well, you should never do that. You should buy a ticket cause you get a ticket. And then your chance of getting a limited release is a perk. So right. there was some, Stuff I had to deal with immediately after there are people who were disappointed and whatnot. So there's and, enough value
0: a, in that ticket that has nothing to do with the, the ability to buy a limited scar. Like, just right. I'm, I'll, buy, I'll say it if you won't.
1: You're buying a ticket, you're getting $450 plus worth of stuff for your ticket. The rest is just ancillary stuff after that. Mm-hmm. So, um, so we did everything in our power this year to rectify that. So I'm going to call it right now on the air bear so we could play this back later. Here's what's going to happen. Here's how people are going to get disappointed this year. So instead of making 200 packs of stuff like we did last year, we asked everybody to make 500 if they could. I think one is 450 and one is 300, the little big delicious. But we made substantially more than last year. So here's what's going to happen is um but we started pre-selling them Spread out over the last few months, which it would instead of people to get the tickets, but this way people at home or virtual would also have the equal opportunity to get stuff. So there's people who I'm pretty sure have bought the Great Smoke ticket and didn't understand this concept. Still doesn't even know they're expecting the, 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 the limited releases to be there that mm-hmm. day. Which at this point, I think one definitely, maybe two will be gone before the Great Smoke happens out of the four that have been released already. So. There are people who bought the ticket who didn't pay attention, didn't read how it works, and then will expect to find them that day when we've already been selling them since the first mini event. So that's going to be a problem I'm already predicting it's going to happen. And the other problem is that, look, because we didn't want people to get short, we made a lot more of these cigars or double than we had last year. So if they don't sell out, I can't just keep them around forever. We're going to have to make it available to the public if they don't sell out. But what we've done is, we've whatever the normal list price would have been, anybody who gets one as a TGS tick holder will pay a special price. So at least they'll have gotten a better deal if it didn't sell out. But eventually gonna sell it to the public. And then I'm going to get complaints from people who will say, well, that's not fair. I thought I was having access to something nobody will ever get. Well, he kind of did, but it didn't sell out. So I got to do something with the cigar or we don't get enough of the cigars. and everybody whines and didn't get a chance to complain. It. So no matter what, with these situations, it's always we're not going to win in certain areas. But what will happen is if this format works and is successful and we continue to do this over time. More and more people will get used to it. They'll learn how the releases work. They'll learn to get in early, to buy them over time. and It's just going to be one of those things. But I'm telling you, these are already the problems that I, I already foresee happening this year.
0: And it's on the record for sure. Yeah. Well, that leaves us our last question of the night, uh, Abe. This is always our Curveball segment, sponsored by Dunbart Tobacco & Trust. Congratulations. Seven consecutive years in the consensus top three. Fastballs or curveballs, it doesn't matter. Steve Sock has been knocking him out of the park since the company's inception. Congrats to Steve! Seven consecutive years in the consensus top three. So, um, so this, at the end of our conversation, Abe is going to end exactly where it started with a sip of whiskey. So, yeah. if you were a sip of whiskey, how would your mentor and longtime friend, Sal Fontana, describe it?
1: Describe what
0: you. If he were to compare you to a sip of whiskey, how, how would he describe you?
1: Oh God. What a weird question.
0: It's a curveball segment.
1: How would Sal describe me compared to whiskey? Yes.
0: Like, would, he,
1: would he say that you are supposed to use like a whiskey analogy
0: for yeah. him? Yeah. Driving? Are you a, are you, do you have, are you sweet with a long finish? Are, are you smoky with the right amount of bites? Was, I'm just throwing things out here.
1: It sounded like Matt Booth there. That was very... <laughs> I used to do a long finish. Yeah, that was a little weird. Um, <laughs> oh, wow. I mean, yeah, I, that's such an odd question. How would Sal Fontana describe me? Um... <laughs> Nothing that really describes a good whiskey describes me. Well, I'm trying to
0: differ, but okay, if that's the way you want to go with it.
1: What's a long finish? What's a peaty? What's, um, you know, floral? I mean, it's, it's you know, uh, let's see here. I, I, I'm going to get creative on you. You ready?
0: Yeah, hit me.
1: The more you, the more you're around it, and the more you have, the better you feel. How about there that? There
0: you go. I love it. Fantastic.
1: Fantastic. Fantastic.
0: That, Fantastic. that was a well, curveball. That yeah, was a curveball. it's probably my. I, I honestly, it was probably my best one in a long time. So thanks for participating, and I appreciate cool. it. it <laughs> at cool. least, at least the best, best curveball I've thrown. So. Um, and thank you so much for tonight. I can't thank you enough for uh, the amazing evening as always. It's it, You're one of my favorite people to talk to just on, in our, on a regular basis. And and interviews is always just fantastic with you as
1: well. And hey, 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 am, I, am I correct? Because I got a lot going on. You, you are coming in three weeks. I am. I am. First I will be there. Of First grade smoke. Yeah. Awesome. Um, Life is, is going to be the best. In the words of Terrence Riley, be the best night of your life.
0: I'm so excited. I am I, I'm I'm thrilled. I can't I can't believe it honestly and uh, yeah, I I couldn't be happier about it. I'm I'm so excited to report back on what a great experience it's going to be. I know it's going to be fantastic. I know it's going to be a lot more than even what I have in my mind. Um so cool. again, hey, thank you so much for your time tonight. Um guys, get your get your tickets now. It's not too late. This is going to be a fantastic event. If nothing else, I'm going to be there. So, I mean, come on. You can come and meet me in person. Trust me, there's going to be a lot more important people that you want to meet. But I'll be there, and you can meet me if you want. Um, the Great Smoke 2022, the last luau. out. Check it out. Links will be in, are in the chat. They'll be in the notes later. As always, you can check us out on YouTube, on our LOS Fumar page, on our Facebook page, LOS Fumar for upcoming guests. And speaking of Terrence Riley, he will be our guest next week, in fact. So uh, good times there. And uh, looking forward, as always, to the great um, – take 200 in two weeks fantastic guest you don't want to miss that announcement's coming here in a few days we're just finalizing those details and uh you can always check us out on wherever you listen to podcasts whether it be on apple podify uh, apple podcast spotify google play podbean or wherever you listen to podcasts be sure you download subscribe and review as always this was our 198th take live from the alec bradley lone star studios of Azle, texas I'm your host, Barry Duplessis, as always. He's Abe the and thanks to everybody. Guess what? See you mm-hmm. next time.